Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John Cobell podcast on the iHeartRadio app. And we're on from 1 to 4, and then after 4 o'clock, you know what to do. You go to the John Cobelt On Demand podcast uh, to hear whatever you missed. You already missed an hour because you're late. Moist Line still taking calls at 877-MOIST-86. That's tomorrow. So if you want to be heard by uh, large numbers of people, right, you want to be heard. 877-MOIST-86. Corbin Carson from KFI News is coming on now because uh, today was the start of a trial of a guy named Marcus Erez. Uh He is accused of murder. Uh, it concerns a six-year-old boy named Aiden. Aiden's mother, Joanna Clunan, was taking him to kindergarten, driving on the 55 freeway, and uh, she was cut off, apparently gestured at, at a driver, and the driver's boyfriend uh, Marcus Erez pulled out a gun and shot at mom's car, and the bullet killed the little boy. Uh, we'll get to it now with Carson. Hello, sir. How are you? Yeah, that was it was such a sad story when this happened back in November of 2021. I mean, still a sad story. Uh, as you mentioned, this happened on the 55 freeway. It was during morning rush hour traffic. And, you know, the, the mother, when she heard this sound, um, she said the boy screamed, ow, in such, uh, in such intensity that she pulled over immediately. He's bleeding from the chest, and he ends up dying within the hour. Um, and so Marcus Aries is, I guess, how they pronounce his name, is charged with second-degree murder, shooting at an occupied vehicle. And there are enhancements on both charges 
for the use of a firearm. So senior deputy DA Dan Feldman this morning describing to jurors the 911 call to CHP as her boy bled to death. She struggled to convey what had happened. She heard a sound, her boy screamed, she pulled over on the freeway and he was bleeding to death. And that bullet ripped through the trunk, through the back seat, into Aiden's back, where he was strapped in in his booster chair, through his liver, his lung, and it pierced his heart, came out his right abdomen. His mother pulled him from that car seat on the side of the road, and he was bleeding to death. Good Samaritan off-duty officer saw her frantic on the side of the road and pulled over and tried to revive the boy. It was too late. Aiden died at the Children's Hospital of Orange County about a half hour later. And then so what followed, John, uh, was this 16-day manhunt for this white Volkswagen. That was the one that Aries, uh, Marcus Aries and his girlfriend, uh, Winnie Lee, she was driving, allegedly. Um, that was the one that law, everyone was looking for. Law enforcement was holding nearly daily press conferences at the time. The, a reward uh, for the arrest of whoever was the shooter reached about half a million dollars. There were billboards on the freeway that read, who killed Aiden Leo? So that's where we're at. Uh, we also heard from the defense this morning. Uh, OC, uh, public, uh, OC senior public defender Randall Bethune says, this was a profound, stupid mistake by a 24-year-old kid. No thought of consequences, no thought of results, and no malice and no intent. Just a momentary lapse of reason by a 24-year-old guy who had very little life experience, a mistake, and a rash decision by a young man. I have no answer why. I just pulled out my block, and I pulled the trigger, and it was gone. It's as almost as if he's watching the bullet go, stunned by what he had done himself. His mind was catching up with his act in that briefest of moments. You can ask questions. I don't know what to tell you exactly. I'm sorry. I'm so lost. That's what he tells police. Yeah, and that's what he told police is what the defense said there. And then as far as that 16-day, the defense says, at least for a week of that, while everyone was looking for them, uh, Aries and his girlfriend had no idea anyone was looking for them. They were just going to work. That defense attorney, what a load of crap. No malice. <laughs> you have a loaded gun and you pulled the trigger. Right. Well, anybody who pull, pulls the trigger on a loaded gun, that's an act of malice in itself. What the hell? Right, and that would be the implied malice, the the idea that if you're in rush hour traffic, you shoot at an un, an occupied vehicle, that you should understand the inherent danger that could happen from that. But when but when you talk about this confession, the confession is going to be the kind of one of the centerpieces of this trial. Uh, the uh, the, uh, the uh, as soon as the uh, officers track down Aries and his girlfriend while Aries is being uh, uh, while he's arrested he's sitting in the car they talk to his girlfriend first and then they come out there and they and they get his story and he immediately comes out and and, and confesses here is a uh, uh, Feldman again he says after after Aries ignored police to turn himself in he he immediately confessed when he when he knew he was caught when they asked him about the shooting specifically Mr. Aries said he saw a woman extend a finger towards him he reached into the map. Oopsie. That wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> finger towards him. He reached into the map pocket, grabbed his loaded 9mm semi-automatic, racked around, 
put down the automatic window, and as the car drove away, extended his arm out and fired the fatal shot. Oh. And when they asked him, and then what happened? And that's when I, I just grabbed my gun for some reason and shot at them. That was his explanation. They asked him if he knew how dangerous. You knew that there was a high likelihood that that kind of action could kill somebody. Yes, sir, Mr. Reese replied. And you still did it. Yes, sir. And that probably will be what the, what the prosecutors are well, saying what, is that implied malice. What is the defense here? He's not saying he didn't do it. That's not in dispute. What? That's not at all, right? What, that he just didn't have the intention to kill? What, I mean, I mean, the prosecutor there went through some extra steps, right? Pulled out the gun, which had been right. loaded, and then he rolled down the window and then extended his arm. There's several acts that he committed to. It was a process. And really, what the uh, what the defense is using, kind of kind of holding on here, is that uh, one of the words he said, what, or one of the phrases he used several times, was that the man who pulled the trigger had no idea what the consequences would be, but the man who's confessing now knows what those consequences would be. And it sounds like, at least what? from this early stage, that that's where they're going to rest their defense. Is, wait, this wait, is wait not second. second degree murder. That he split into two. <laughs> no, I, I, that, what do you mean the man who pulled the trigger isn't the man who confessed? It's the he, same he, man. In fact, that first man hid for 16 days, as you yeah. said before. 16 yeah. days, and the whole world in Orange County was trying to figure out who it was. And hid the car. They yes. hid the car. They tried to get a new job. But the defense oh, also yes. said... The defense said he didn't try to run to Northern California where he's from and hide in the woods. He kept going to work. So they're saying this was just a guy who stunned and did not know how to react. That's the defense is uh, saying. It, when there's an accident, what you do is you pull over to the side of the road and try to help the victim that you unintentionally harmed. Mm -hmm. But he went and hid for 16 days and then right. tried to... Uh, uh, well, uh, they were they were changing jobs. I remember that now. Right. Yeah. And he was uh, he, well. The defense says that he was trying to uh, he, he was trying to protect uh, Winnie Lee because, in his words, the girlfriend didn't do anything. Let's let him talk one more time about that confession because he really kind of explains what he mean what he means by that. Uh, one man understood the consequences and one didn't. He didn't even take a second to aim. He pointed and popped one off. That's what he's going to say. We're going to talk a little bit about the difference between the aiming and the pointing and why that is significant. And after, nothing. From their perspective, from Mr. Erez's and Ms. Lee's perspective, nothing happens for days and days and days because he's not even aware of what's happened. Ms. Lee says, why did you do that? You didn't really have an answer. And she's angry about the fact that I have to insure this car. She's not even aware of what's happening. She's what? more concerned about getting a ticket. So basically wait, wait, what he's saying what is, is that he, he saying didn't mean right, he's basically saying he didn't mean for it to happen because he had no idea it even happened after it happened until they saw on the news. And uh, well it was a coworker, right? It was a coworker that pointed it out and he well, went outside. This is what the defense says. Well, wait, he wait, went wait. outside and he saw it on the news. But what? you know one funny thing is he was like this this is a kid who does not listen to KFI. He said that in court. Yeah. <laughs> he had no idea that this was going on. Well who said that in court? The defense lawyer. The he said defense that, uh, lawyer said this yeah, kid said, didn't... Yeah, he said, Marcus, yeah, he said for that whole week before he found out, he had no idea this was going on. It's not like he listens to KFI. <laughs> <laughs> he actually said it's not like yep. he listens to KFI. What is the name of that defense attorney? That's uh, uh, Randall Bethune. He's the, he's the OC public defender.
That's a senior public defender. That is a bad defense. <laughs> that is the, one of the worst defenses I've ever heard in my life. Right. Wow. All yeah, right, and then, so we're expecting the mom to, just real quick, I know you're wrapping up, we're expecting the mom to testify uh, early next week, and I am being told that this should be a relatively short trial, so we should get an answer at some yeah, point soon. I think so. All right. Well, I, I hope you'll be covering uh, subsequent oh, days. Of course. All right. Of course. Corbin Carson, KFI News. Uh, all right, I'll I'll uh, I'll control myself for a moment because we'll get too far behind. Uh, we have got $1,000 to give away. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. You could also find out if uh, all the police in Orange County are chasing you. You believe that uh, defense attorney, this public defender, was trying to explain to the jury that... Uh, that the murderer didn't listen to K doesn't listen to KFI, so he didn't know he was being chased. He didn't realize what had happened. That is really one of the most preposterous opening statements by a defense attorney, uh, probably since uh, Mark Garagos claiming the satanic van uh, proves that Scott Peterson didn't do it. I that I mean, there are just some in the Hall of Fame, and that's one of them. He he he, tr he tried to make it sound like. Uh, this guy, Marcus Ariz, had some sort of out-of-body experience while his girlfriend was driving them to work. And then the mom, Joanna Clunan, in another car, she was cut off by Ariz's girlfriend. And so Clunan gave her the finger, and this pissed off the boyfriend, Ariz, and he shot the bullet. At Clunan's car, killing the little boy. Now, I actually, it, it's very common that when when you you flip a give somebody a middle finger, you know, there's a lot of unbalanced people out there who will react very angrily. In fact, you know, try it today. You'll start getting chased. I told you many many years ago that I did, and I got chased. You got chased because you gave them the finger, right? Yeah. How far did they chase you? I forgot. It was it wasn't too far, but I was I was young. I was a teenager and the guy was honking at me to go and I couldn't go. There was a car in front of me. And uh, so I flipped him off and he <clears throat> jammed in front of me on Ventura Boulevard, made me stop. And I stopped kind of in the middle of the street. And he comes running up to me and I close my window and then I open it a little bit. And he goes, girls like you get killed for stuff like that. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you know what? I wasn't sorry, but I said I was sorry because I didn't want to get killed. <laughs> So you flip him the bird, and then when he cuts you off, you stop and wait for him to run up to the car. No, 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 no. I couldn't go anywhere. He trapped me. He trapped you. Yes. I see. Well, you must have been some teenage girl. You know, he's honking at me, and I couldn't go, and I and I and I got angry. And so, okay, so I don't really have that terrible, terrible temper. So can you imagine other people that do? I guess you were a, a bit of a hothead, though, huh? Well, it just annoyed me, and and. I can't even tell you how many times I'm driving, whether it's on the freeway or just the regular street, and somebody, I'll honk at somebody, which yeah. I know you shouldn't do, and they're the one, they are in the wrong, and then they flip me off, or they right. look at me like I'm the crazy one. Really? You are going to end up on the news. I probably will. You know? <laughs> it wouldn't you surprise have, you find, me. You, you're supposed to be uh, waving sage around when you drive, you know, to calm your nerves. I and, need to, you know what, that's a good idea. I need yeah. to put that in my car because I'm agitated on a daily basis great <laughs> but i don't flip people off anymore <laughs> you need you need more edibles too i think
Not when I'm driving. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what that's what we need. Deborah, Deborah driving around with a hot boxed car. Yeah. No. No. Uh, anyway, this, this defense attorney kind of actually said that there's two different guys here. There's the Marcus Ariz who pulled the gun and the Marcus Ariz who uh, was uh, si sitting in the car. Like one fired the gun and the other one didn't fire the gun. Well, who's I, the one that had a gun? Uh, I mean, I, I didn't understand what that is. And what kind of a defense is that? There's nothing in the penal code that said you could uh, claim that you're your your spirit split into two and your peaceful side uh, stayed in the car and, and didn't hurt anybody. But your violent side pulls out a gun and fires it and kills a little kid. I, I don't understand. So only half of him is guilty. So could we I guess the 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 bad Marcus Ariz could be convicted here and thrown into prison. How does anybody on the planet who has a loaded gun that they fire indiscriminately at a car uh, can claim, oh, I, I didn't know it would kill somebody. How do you, how does a defense attorney actually make that defense and say that out loud? How do they do that? That's nuts. That is absolutely insane. There is no defense. You know, sometimes there isn't a defense. I, that if you, uh, you kill a little boy, you are going to go to prison for a long time. That's the most you can hope for. That maybe, I don't know, I, I don't know if this is a, an automatic life sentence here or it's 25 years to life. Oh, four, 40 years or life in prison. Well, I, you know what? Then I would have done a plea bargain for the 40 years. And uh, you, you'll come out in your, in your 60s. I mean, that's the best you can hope for there. I don't that's a bad, bad public defender there. doesn't listen to kfi well that doesn't that's part that, of the defense but we were talking off the air and that doesn't surprise me i mean come on john people that listen to kfi right you would you have a certain assumption of well never mind <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead you dig your own hole i'm not people gonna... that are listening to your show or yes. the news and the other shows they want to be informed right this is yes. not a music station it's 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 a talk station. Right. It's a news talk station. And so maybe this particular guy that had a gun in his car and shot at a car and ended up killing a little boy wasn't mm. a KFI listener. Right. Wasn't in our target audience. Right. All right. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
and Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4. And then after 4 o'clock, uh, John Kobelt show on demand on uh, the iHeart app. Uh, after 3 o'clock, we're talking with Ethan Weaver. And if you live in Encino, Sherman Oaks, Van Nuys, Studio City, Reseda, Las Feliz, Silver Lake, Hollywood Hills, and uh, other nearby communities in L.A., uh, Ethan Weaver is who you should vote for to be your new councilman in the March uh, primary because he is running to replace, uh, I mean, the probably the worst council person on the city council is Nithya Rahman. Uh, she is incredibly arrogant, insensitive, and mean uh, because she allows crazy, criminal, homeless people who are either mentally ill or uh, they're mentally ill, or they're drug addicted, or they're just bad people. They're violent people. And the homelessness is so bad. There was a homeless encampment in front of a school in Los Feliz, and she wouldn't clean it up. It was directly in front of the school, and inside the tents, there were gang members running drug and gun operations, and she wouldn't do anything about it. And then, you know, the uh, case of Sherman Oaks is getting overrun with insane homeless people, including one business owner had a bag of poop flung at his uh, front windshield while he was driving. And, and 
the restaurant owner went to see Nithya Raman and took a Fox 11 reporter with him. And Raman just gave him the death stare. She was so insulted. How dare he? Well, she is bad, bad news. And she's allowed nice neighborhoods uh, to, to just go to hell. I mean, it's, it's, it's a dysfunctional landscape throughout much of the valley and much of uh, the, those hills communities, Hollywood Hills and, and Los Feliz. I mean, she, she's just terrible. She's a democratic socialist, which is the new fancy term for communist. Uh, she, and just to point out, there's three of these DSA council members. It's her, Hugo Soto Martinez, and Eunice Hernandez, okay? And they, they are, three of them are a piece of work. I don't know who the hell is voting in these districts. But uh, apparently the normal people didn't show up in the last election. Well, the normal people showed up at, uh, at a candidate's forum uh, yesterday. And we're going to play you some audio of that coming up in the uh, next segment. Uh, now, here's some uh, news of uh, the Los Angeles Times. Because we, we discussed how the L.A. Times, you know, their executive editor quit suddenly uh, last week. Oh, Alex is on now? Well, sorry, somebody's got to tell me. I, I hold all those thoughts. Alex Michelson making an emergency appearance here because Alex is one of the moderators tonight of a great district attorney debate with George Gascon and nine, I believe, nine of his uh, competitors. So let's uh, get Alex on here. Sorry, Alex. You there? It's about... Uh... There we go. Now I'm buzzed in. I was really enjoying your comments about <laughs> city council. I thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, because you got a, a whole group of people there. It's interesting how you pick the uh, the worst of the bunch. Um, but yes, John, thanks for having me. And my first time on the John Cobalt solo show. So oh, that's right. Yes. Well, it's good yeah, to have congrats you on the show. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you've got a big event tonight. You're uh, hosting uh, a debate. For L.A. County District Attorney, you got George Gascon to come on along with, I don't know, nine of his challengers. I'm trying to count quickly here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nine, nine challengers. Uh, we're hosting this for L.A. Magazine. Uh, so people can stream it live at LAMag.com. And I'm sure there'll be some clips you may want to oh. <laughs> use tomorrow on oh, the definitely. show. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's. You know, obviously, what's really interesting about this race is that so many people that work in the office of George Gascon are some of his biggest critics and are running against him. And many of them say that they never got a chance to even talk to him in the office, that they never had any interactions with them. But tonight on the stage, they'll all be there with a chance to interact with him, to take their criticisms to his face. And for him to respond to their criticisms as well. Um, it should be really interesting to watch. And, and as we've learned uh, for people that maybe didn't know a few years ago, how important the job of L.A. County District Attorney really is. Yeah, it's an interesting makeup as I look at the names. And we've had a, a lot of these people on the air. But you don't just have people who want to be district attorney. They want to be district attorney because they want George Gascon to be gone. They've worked for George Gascon. Some of them have had their careers derailed and they've gotten demoted by Gascon because they've been so public in their opposition. So there's going to be a personal edge to uh, some of the debate uh, tonight between Gascon and the rest. Right. Uh, they say that they've been moved to different locations. One woman is suing the department because of some of that. 
Um, so yes, it is, it is uh, personal. And then, you know, you have um, people like Nathan Hockman, who's running, who I know was just on with you, I think yesterday or the day before talking about, you know, this uh, chief of staff that George Gascon recently uh, promoted Tiffany Blacknell and and her comments about defunding the police and how uh, you know she believes that uh, people should not call police on black people because the police are going to kill black people and things like that that a lot of these folks that have some of the law enforcement background uh, certainly don't agree with um, and they find that to be pretty offensive as well. Now you've hosted a number of debates, moderated them. You know, we've done a few here on the radio over the years. You get 10 candidates. That can get unwieldy. What's the formatics? Yeah. How are you going to make it, uh, you know, digestible for the audience? I think, you know, it, what's, what's hard and what you really can't have is a bunch of back and forth um, in, in this sort of scenario. You kind of have to keep to the rules. We're doing one-minute answers to everybody. You try to pick um, sort of big picture questions that everybody can answer that gives you a sense of who they are. I mean, one of the, the, the real challenges for this race, especially in, in a market like Los Angeles, is that most people that are listening, most people that are watching, even a lot of news people, don't know who a lot of these people are. Um, so part of this is explaining what differentiates um, all these different names so that they people know who to vote for. So giving them an opportunity to do that and then to weigh in on the, the biggest issues as well. Um, part of the challenge of this is in a lot of ways this debate is nine on one because <laughs> everybody in here yeah. wants George Gaston out. And so I think there has to be some opportunity for him to do some rebuttal. And if he attacks people, some opportunities for, for they to have rebuttal as well. Well, Gascon has run his office unlike any district attorney in Los Angeles history, as far as I know, like nobody has done what he's done with his policies and just about all of all of his opponents have the same criticisms because the criticisms are obvious. You know, we, we know what all the issues are. And I have found that a number of these people are, are good candidates, uh, but it, it, I think it's hard for them to all differentiate themselves. And uh, you, you need, you kind of need two really good candidates and not 10 really good candidates because, you know, the goal here right. is if, if you don't want Gascon, you have to keep him out of the top two. And if they split the vote right. 10 different ways, Gascon could slip into the top two and then he's alive until November. Right. And it's, it's interesting because I'm also moderating a debate on Monday night for the U.S. Senate race, uh, which is airing here on KFI. Um, at six o'clock and, and that we have four people on the stage and it is so different in preparing a strategy of how to have four people engage when you really can make it a lot more personality driven and get people opportunities to exchange with each other versus 10. It's a, like a very different strategy. In some ways, it's actually easier to prepare for the 10 person thing because you just got to let everybody talk. Um, it's, it's somewhat harder for four people, but I think ultimately more beneficial for for the viewers and voters and listeners if it's you know a smaller number of people on stage. But how do you for the DA race? How do you determine it? Because there's not like really good polls. Most people don't know who any of these people are. There's got to be some chance for them to introduce themselves. Yeah, and a lot of them are really strong. Yeah, the the only polls I've seen come from the campaigns themselves, and I don't know how to trust them. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's really a total jump ball in terms of what happens with this race. Most political experts seem to think that George Gascon probably makes it to the top two 
for the very reason that you said uh, that he has the highest name ID and there are still some progressives that really like him. Um, but that's not necessarily guaranteed. Most people think that if he makes it to the top two, the other person probably wins in November. But, you know, we would have thought at this point in the race last time that Jackie Lacey would win. So you never really know um, how people are going to vote. Yeah. All right. So it's streaming live on LAMag.com tonight from 6 to 8 o'clock. So that's if somebody wants to see it, it's LAMag.com. Yes, exactly. And, and then the debate on Monday night is uh, going to be on Fox 11 TV and also here on KFI. All right. At 6 and you'll be uh, co-hosting the debate tonight with John Regardi, a journalist with Los Angeles Magazine. All yeah. right. Well, I'll, uh, I will be watching and we'll be playing some clips back tomorrow for our audience. Uh, good luck. Thank you, John. I'm curious what you would ask them, but maybe you can uh, share that in the next time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> All right, Alex. I'll talk with you later. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, my friend. All right. Alex Michelson from uh, Fox 11. And just to point out again, it's it's not on TV, but it is streaming live on LAMag.com. So uh, if you are confused by uh, having nine challengers to George Gascon, this is a good thing to watch. Uh, at least you'll get to see what they look like, hear their voices, and uh, pick up on their nuances and their personality quirks. And uh, whatever decision you make, it just... Not George Gascon, okay? That is not permitted. If you're going to vote for George Gascon, then please don't even, just don't listen anymore. All right? We, a requirement to listen to the show means you voted against George Gascon. All right? This is just, he's too much of a monster. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We're on from 1 to 4, then after 4 o'clock, John Kobelt show on demand, the podcast. You know, I was thinking what Alex said is like, if I could... Question. Really, really, I mean, I, we've had a lot of the challengers to guess going on the show, and we've talked at length, and we all know what's, what's gone wrong here. I mean, it's it, it, this is one of these rare events where it is so obvious that nearly all of Gascon's policies are a big disaster that no normal person would want. The only people who want Gascon's policies are these ultra whack job woke progressives who do not believe in a police department or a prison. And there's nowhere to go with those people. There's no point in debating them. And th th there's no discussion to be had. I mean, why should anyone waste their time trying to convince one of these uh, ultra-progressive wokeheads that, no, we do need a prison, yes, and we do have to have a police department, and we have to prosecute and sentence. Uh, stop it, okay? I, I, I mean, it, it's so infantile. What they want to do is destroy our way of life. I mean, you just have to call it what it is all right it's anarchy is what they what they propose and that's what gascon is facilitating anarchy and of course he's going to deny it and of course he's going to try to uh to fog up the the debate and filibuster with all his fake statistics they are fake all his all his fake research studies because what they're trying to do is just create anarchy and and that's the, the people who fund Gascon, the people who fund the Democratic Socialists of America and people like Nithya Raman and the rest of them, they're trying for anarchy. And they have, just look around, the last four years, we've had a fair amount of anarchy. Um, that's what you have in lawless states, lawless nations. 
All right. If you go to uh, certain nations in Central or South America, uh, poor, poor nations, nations that have unstable governments, what do you get? You get a lot of insanity in the streets. And that's what we have in in uh, parts of uh, Los Angeles and, and L.A. County is 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 anarchy. And you see it on the news. Just trust what you see. You know, because I realized a few years ago, the newest tactic from these progressives was to gin up a bunch of fake studies and fake statistics from progressive think tanks and progressive professors in order to intimidate you intellectually. Well, you really don't have the facts. You're misinformed. Uh, you, are, you are not really understanding the depth and complexity of the issue because it's like, no. You're full of it, okay? You're just flat out lying. You're trying to gaslight everybody. I can see with my own eyes that we have a lot of, a lot of anarchy in the streets, all right? I can see it. You know, but what he has, he has, there's thousands and thousands of cases Gascon has refused to prosecute. Gee, do we, do we really need to try to lecture him on how that leads to an unsafe environment? He knows. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He, it, he's not making a mistake. He's doing what he promised to do, what he set out to do. No one took him seriously. No one was paying attention back in 2020. People were caught up in all the nonsense going on that year with COVID and Trump, and, and they just were not focused that Gascon meant what he said. All right? He wanted, he wanted people out of prison. He wanted them not prosecuted. Can you, I, what I've never understand, see, Here's the conundrum, right, with progressives. They're always waving the gun, the gun control flag, right? Gun control, gun control, All right, okay. Then why does Gascon not prosecute gun enhancements when some of these criminals commit felonies using a gun? Because that'll put them away for an extended period of time. So he doesn't actually care about gun control. He cares about the anarchy of not having felons put into prison, okay? That is his game. That's more important. Keep felons out of prison. Anybody anybody who's rabid about gun control would be rabid about these uh, extra penalties, these gun enhancement penalties. So there's, there's a lot of misdirection. There's, there's like magic tricks they pull with your mind. A lot of stuff doesn't add up and doesn't make sense. And that's part of it, too, is to confuse you and keep you off balance. All right. Going to get, uh, once again, oh, let, let's play these uh, clips from uh, last night. Ethan Weaver is an L.A. County deputy city attorney. He is running against the uh, ridiculous Nithya Raman for city council. This is Encino, Sherman Oaks, Van Nuys, Studio City, Reseda. And then in the basin, Las Feliz, Silver Lake, Hollywood Hills. It's a sprawling district that covers both sides of the Santa Monica Mountains. And here's uh, ABC7 reporter Jory Rand talking about a pretty pretty loud uh, debate. Uh, the, uh, the crowd was wired up and they were against Nithya Raman. A raucous crowd of hundreds filling the Sherman Oaks Adult Center tonight to see candidates for LA City Council's District 4 debate. The incumbent, Nithya Raman, took the seat from David Rue four years ago, and now Deputy City Attorney Ethan Weaver is looking to do the same to her. It is the mismatch between what is happening in City Hall and what is happening in the community that is the reason I'm running to represent you. Raman, in the face of an unhappy crowd, stayed poised and focused throughout. It will be hard to get to the very lofty goals that we have. We can push as hard as we can. 
But I think we have to be pushing together and in the same direction. As it did four years ago, the topic of Raman's membership in the Democratic Socialists of America came up. The group has made controversial comments like calling to ban police or calling Israel an apartheid state. The DSA uh, selected my opponents to run the last election. They ran her campaign and Wait, they're having- Sorry, this is a lie. Okay, well, um, it, you, can, you can fact check this yourself. This is a closely tied group to these city council members, and you need to understand who has your city council member's ear. I'm a grown-ass woman. I chose to do this. I decided to run. I picked my campaign team. I ran my campaign last time. I mean, I was not recruited to do this. Perhaps the most heated topic of the evening was on the building of housing, specifically a seven-story apartment building set to go onto a single-family home street that was fast-tracked by Mayor Karen Bass, but was later deemed an oversight, but by then it was too late. We are under a state-mandated replanning process. Hold on, hold on one second, hold on one second. Let me finish. As long as we can meet the regulations of that state process and still preserve these neighborhoods, I am 100% fine with it. As the councilwoman listed off all of the different groups that she's learned that she needs to work with, there was one group that was noticeably missing, and that was the community. And I think it went very well. It was such a great night to engage with the community and meet the folks where they live. Progress is always going to be slow, but it is steady and it is there, and we are working hard to make a change for residents every single day. Election day is March 5th, which is Super Tuesday in the presidential election, though voters here in Los Angeles can start to send in their mails uh, through the mail, the ballots through the mail uh, early before March 5th. If anyone gets 50% in the vote, they win. If not, the top two candidates head to a runoff in November. All right, that is uh, Jory Rand. Uh, let's uh, do that uh, short clip of uh, Nithya Raman, uh, because uh, that phrase she used. I'm a grown-ass woman. I chose to do this. I decided to run. I picked my campaign team. I ran my campaign last time. I mean, I was not recruited to do this. What is a grown-ass woman? I'm a grown-ass woman. I'm a grown-ass woman. What? What is it? I never heard that phrase before. Uh, do you know uh, what that well, species is? She, she's saying that she is not a child, uh -huh. and so she's like she's a grown woman. Yeah, she's a grown woman, but she right. but, wanted to emphasize it. Right? Or did only her ass grow and not the rest of it? I, no. Oh. You've never heard a man say, "I'm a grown ass man." No, actually, I never heard that phrase. I, oh, I've heard it all the time when people get upset. I'm I'm a grown ass man. Yeah. <laughs> No, I just missed that. Uh, Ethan Weaver is uh, a grown-ass man who's a deputy city attorney, and he's going to run against Nithya Rahman. And uh, we're going to talk to him when we come back because she's another one that's got to go down like Ascone. This has got to stop. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.